Well, good morning, men. How y'all doing this morning? Come on, let me hear it. How y'all doing this morning? You know, you woke up this morning, you have air in your lungs, you're walking, you're here, you're fellowshipping, you have a purpose, you were made with a purpose, on purpose by the Lord Jesus himself, and you got a mission. So, hey, quick question for you guys. Last week, did you guys feel challenged? Make some noise. Okay, all right, and my prayer is that you are challenged. We all need to be challenged. You know, we can all testify and agree that God is so good, right? God is so good. And it's in the, it's in the uphill battles. It's in even the dry seasons and deserts that we walk through at times in, in our lives that we really see the power and the miracle of God. I mean, you look in Exodus, we all know the story of Moses and the Israelites and the freedom that they were in, but the desert that they walked. But God was there. And so many times we can focus on the dry heat and forget about the pillared of cloud by day and the fire by night. I mean, that's, that's a miracle itself. The bread that falls from heaven, that's a miracle itself. The water coming out of the rock, that's a miracle itself. But they were still grumbling and complaining because they were just focused on the, on the hot and the walk and the, and the desert. That they were just forgetting about what God was doing in the midst of all that. And so what we're doing right now, what I did last week and I want to continue this week is we want to just reshift that focus. Let's take it off of the winds and the waves and let's fix it on Jesus. Can we do that, man? All right. Well, before we get started, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for this morning. I thank you for Reload, this ministry, Father, that it's a place where we can come together and just worship together. Your word tells us in Psalms, Father God, how good and pleasing it is to you when your people come together in unity, Father. And I think that the spirit of unity is in this place. Challenge our hearts again today, Father, as we continue to say, yes, Lord, and no devil, in Jesus' mighty name. And we all say, amen. amen. All right. So uh, this morning, I actually had some things prepared, but I really felt led on my drive over here to read a couple of scriptures before I even get started in the message. Who knows the fruit of the spirit? Raise your hand. Like, you honestly know the fruit of spirit by heart. Yeah? No, I, I'm seeing this. I don't know what this means. Uh, it's either we do know it or we don't. Do we know it? Do we know it? Okay, so you guys that are raising your hand on the count of three, we're going to say it together, just the fruit of the Spirit. There's nine of them. Ready? One, two, three. That's awesome. That is so great. And so it's, it's pretty common. These are fr- this is the fruit that God wants us to produce out of our life. You know, I know for me personally, some of that, those fruit, it's, it's hard. <laughs> Self-control is hard, especially when you, when you want to, like, Hulk smash things. Like, I don't know about you, but there are moments where I'm driving, and it's, that's disrespectful in what you did and cutting me off. Can I, can I be honest this morning? Yeah? Okay. And so there's this fruit that God gives us that he wants to, uh, to be produced out of our lives when we're abiding in him and his son and when we're being led by his spirit. And so last week I talked about we need to know and, and we need to continue to pray in our life because there's power that God gave us. And here's the thing. Maybe there's one of those attributes of fruit that you're like, I'm struggling with and I just can't do it. Then I want to shift that mindset and say, yeah, you can't do it, but Christ has. And so it's who's taking over in these moments. And the reason why our prayer life really matters and understanding what God put in us, what he deposited in our hearts, 
is because we need to go to a world and exemplify and magnify the name of Jesus. So let me continue on. Why are we still praying? Why do we need to get in our prayer closet and get into the word uh, every morning, every day when we walk with God? Because if you look in Galatians chapter 5, about three verses before the fruit of the Spirit that we just read, I believe it's Galatians 5, uh, 19, starting in verse 19. I'm just going to read it to you guys. The Bible says, the acts of the sinful nature. Okay, so this is like the opposite of what we just, what you guys just quoted by heart. This, we're going to talk about the attributes of the sinful nature are obvious is what, what Paul says. It's sexual immorality, it's impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, and envy. Drunkenness, orgies, and all, all of the like. He says, I warn you not to follow. And so as much as we understand the fruit of the Spirit and what God wants us to do and produce in this life, we also have to know the opponent and what he's trying to produce out of our life. And I share this because a lot of times we blame the devil for things that we just are ignorant in. And I say that in a humble way. We just simply don't know. And the reason why we simply don't know is because we haven't truly disciplined ourselves to get in this and to commute and walk with God. Now, maybe you know somebody. Maybe you are someone who does walk with God. This, does not, this message does not rule you out because there might be someone in your life. Well, actually, I'll say it this way. There is someone in your life that does not know how to do this, but you do. But you do. You can teach them, you can help them, you can grow them, you can lead them to Jesus because you simply understand what it says. Anybody have accountability partners here? Like you have a go-to person to say, yep, yep, I have someone I can pray about or I'm struggling in this area. I can trust them, they, they, they'll lead me. And if you don't, my encouragement is this, find somebody. Look around this room, does everyone just look around? There is a pool of men and the common denominator is that they all have the spirit of God right now. And that's amazing. It's what God wants us to do. So it's understanding, it's understanding God's scripture, knowing that he wants us to walk with him because he simply wants us to release his power here on earth. And when we understand what we're coming against, we'll know how to counter. Any football fans in here make some noise? Any Detroit Lions fans here make some noise? Okay, there was like three less than that one. Okay, sweet. Awesome. But we all know if I use football terminology, you can even use basketball if you'd like. But in football terminology, there's, there's film day. What's film day? Anybody shout it out. What's film day? No, you're not watching movies. <laughs> That's a good one, though. You're watching game footage of the past or maybe an opponent you're about to play, and you're watching their offense and their defense and just all the little things that they do. It's a, it's a time of studying the opponent. That's the purpose of film day. It's, it's looking at yourself as a player and then studying the opponent so that when you play them, you can recognize. I want to say recognize. You can recognize what they're about to do and counter the way you need to counter. So the, if there's a run play or if there's a pass play, you know how to set up your defense. If there's a coverage or a blitz look, you know how to set up your offense and what play to do. 
but it requires a studying of the opponent. As much as we study the word of God, we need to understand who the devil is. He's real. And what's his purpose? To steal, kill, and destroy. See, the challenge today is that we have to now have a knowledge. We know the devil's real, but we have to counter on everything he comes against you and not have such a pity party when we go through some tough issues. Because God said, I have given you everything you need. I have given you everything that you need so that you can advance my kingdom. What am I trying to say? This is what I'm saying. It's time to take God serious. It's time to step out of our comfort zone, start going into a world that is dark, and start sharing the love of Christ. It's time to say, I'm willing to speak even if it's in the gas station. I'm willing to speak even if it's in a grocery store. I'm willing to speak on Jesus. I'm willing to heal the sick even if it doesn't look like a hospital, but it's someone on the street that looks like they need some help. Because prayer is really the clutch in your life. Who knows how to drive a stick shift? I remember the first time I, I'd driven a stick shift, and it was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was 2007, I think, 8. And uh, on campus, it's a pretty, pretty big campus in my Bible school. And I was out there, and I worked maintenance and grounds crew, and I did you know, various jobs. And the campus is so big that they gave us these little Nissan trucks. I don't even know what type they are, but they're small Nissan trucks, and every single one is not an automatic. Every single one is like a four-gear or five-gear stick shift. Well, I get hired on this job, and they tell me you got to go to the other side of the campus, but they didn't tell me it was a stick shift, so they toss me the keys. I catch the keys. I sit in there. I'm like, yeah, let's go, and I see this stick. Oh, like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I did not know what, I am not joking. I did not know what to do. Why are there three pedals? I thought there was two. <laughs> Where, what, what, where's the D at for drive? <laughs> How do you reverse? There, I mean, just to be honest, I was in an ignorant stage. I had no idea what I was doing. And for like 10 minutes, the car wouldn't start. I'm turning the key and it wouldn't start. You guys are laughing because you know the answer. I didn't have the answer. I didn't know. I was ignorant in that phase. And another coworker came, and he said, hey, Jesse, you good? You know what I answered? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> How many times have we done that in life to our Christian brothers? We're going through something. They recognize something. Hey, you good? You need some help? No, we're good. We're good. Yep, got it. And we really don't. We're ignorant. See, pride came up in me. We're in prideful moments when we say, we're good. We don't need it. We're, we're, we're silent. I got the rock. I'm on the rock. And we excuse ourselves from just being a brother in Christ. Because for some reason, the enemy tries to make us feel like we need to have every duck in a row. And we don't even own ducks. Crazy. <laughs> and so I'm in this ignorant stage in, in, in this Nissan, and I said, I'm good. Five more minutes went by. He came by. He wasn't going to allow that to happen. And he said, hey, what's going on? And I just confessed. Look, man, I know I tricked you now, but I don't know what I'm doing here. He knew. He knew. And so for the next 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes, he taught me what the clutch's purpose is about. And then I need to release that clutch at a slower pace. Or He was just kind of showing me how to do it, switching it in the gear, or that whole deal. You guys know how a stick shift works, right? And he taught me the works, and within 10 minutes, I was driving a stick shift. And one of my, I mean, I was so good at it, like a few days later, I, I didn't want to do nothing but drive. 
It was fun. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was when the rubber hits the road. You see, prayer is that. Prayer, hear me out. A lot of times we'll say prayer is powerful. Yes. But if we really dissect that deeper, the truth is this. God is powerful. Prayer is the clutch to release God's power in our life. And we need to know how to release that clutch. Oh, we're sick. Well, we're not going to let this thing take its course because by his stripes, you are healed. You know? And you, and you look at all these promises that is written in the word of God, but we don't release that clutch and we just sit there idled, not moving. When God said it's time to hit the rubber in the road. And the reason why is because there's people out there that need to know the power of God. I shared two stories last week. If you missed it, by the way, just go to the uh, reslife.org, find men's ministry, get on the podcast. You can listen to all past messages. But I talked about two stories, the extreme of death coming to life and then the extreme of someone going to hell now on their way to heaven or, or is in heaven right now. There are people in your life right now that are on the way to hell. The fact that they are not being sent by God, they're just in an ignorant stage and they don't know and you have the answer. Uh, 2010 to 2016, about six years, I was a youth pastor. Uh, I had some great, great times every Wednesday night at Resurrection Life Church in Holland. I, I was just had the privilege to serve teenagers, and I gave them a, an illustration. I, I would have loved to do it with you guys, but it's too early for this, and they wouldn't sell me the fish for this reason. So I bought 10 goldfish from Petco, and actually, let me rephrase that. I bought 10 fo- goldfish, or I was trying to buy it, and Petco wouldn't sell it to me. They knew something was up, and they just l- were looking at the, the well-being of the fish, whatever. Okay, so I went to Meyer and I bought 10 goldfish there they gave them to me and I brought a bowl to the youth group and what I did was I kind of played devil's advocate and I said if I grab a fish and I grabbed one fish brought out of the water I said what's happening to this fish right now they said well it's dying throw it back in the water what are you doing and so I ended up throwing it back in the water I ended up grabbing all 10 fish and I'm giving you a highlight version of the story and I threw the fish at the kids no joke (laughs) I threw the fish at the kids you know what happened They yelled at me. They screamed at me. There was one kid that chanted cruelty to animals. Like, it was insane. The uproar of how mad they were at me. But they were still sitting in their seats. And I only had to say one thing to them. What are you going to do about it? Guess what they did? They grabbed the fish. They saved all ten by throwing them into the water. And the, the example, the analogy of that is they had to be activated to do something because they had the answer. What is that for? Well, this is what I'm going with. There are people who are dying spiritually, and they need God. And we see them every day, and they're gasping for air. And the challenge is, are we doing something about it? Are we sharing something? Are we contributing to God's kingdom to reach that one person. Mark 1.15, Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
It is the gospel presented that's going to reach people. Other translations will say it's God's kingdom is here. It's now. They don't have to wait for it. It's now right here. And we just simply need to take God seriously. It's time to move forward. John chapter, first, sorry, first John chapter 5, verse 19. I'm going to read an amplified version. I think this was really good. Uh, we know for a fact that we are of God. Amen? Amen? We are of God. And the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one, opposing God and his precepts. You see, that scripture right there, it shows and it recognizes who the true enemy is. And what God wants us to do is be alert and aware of that devil so that we can do something about it in this earth. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. If you're writing notes, I don't have them up there because I got them all right here. And if you brought your Bible, turn to them. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. In the Old Testament, you'll see King Saul, who was called by God to be king of Israel. But in his journey, he left his post. He was literally devoured by the enemy because of jealousy. We read it earlier. Because of fits of rage. These Bad attributes that we read earlier got a hold of King Saul, and he was removed because he was so outraged by David. When those attributes get a hold of us, we miss God for that moment. Now, don't get me wrong. God is all merciful. He's all graceful. He is 100% for us. But we also have to be 100% for him. King Saul, he just, he left his position and therefore a fall came. God says it's time for us to not fall, but to look to him and fall on our knees so that we can follow him. Man, time's flying. Okay, Colossians 1.13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Everyone say Dominion. Louder, dominion. dominion. Literally, that word dominion is ruled over or ruling over. And dominion was given back in Genesis to Adam when Adam was created. The Bible says that the fish of the air, or sorry, not the fish of the air, that's weird. The fish of the sea, the birds of the air. <laughs> yeah, because I threw the fish, Ricky said. There, here we go. It's the fish, the birds, the beasts of the land, everything you have dominion over. You, God gave, when he created in First Genesis, he gave dominion to mankind, but the enemy corrupted it. Check this out. Because in Luke chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, this is the portion where, where Jesus is being tempted by the devil. This is what the devil said. Now, we always amplify what Jesus says, and rightfully so, but we have to listen how the devil speaks so we know how to counter, okay? This is what the devil said to Jesus. He said, all this authority I will give to you. He's trying to tempt Jesus right now. And their glory. Now listen to this, men. For this has been delivered to me. Satan says, this dominion and authority has been given to me. Who is he talking about? What, what uh, part of the Bible is he talking about? Genesis. He's talking about back when the fall happened. Adam handed everything over to Satan. 
by disobeying God. And it goes on, it says, and I, I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all of it is yours. Now, how many of y'all know God's bigger? That didn't phase our, our Savior. That didn't phase Jesus whatsoever. And we knew that the victory, he whooped the devil at the cross is what he did. He whooped him at the cross. He made him look silly. And then that authority that he was talking about was snatched out of the Satan's hands and given to us. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said, I have given you, now he's talking to all of us, authority. And it's to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. God has had us, gave us a solution. God gave us a solution in a dying and hurting world. And that solution is his spirit. And that spirit is what needs to take over. And when that spirit takes over, the impossible happens. A lot of us are facing these, these things in life, and sometimes we don't know what to say. But when the spirit is leading us, and we're in our prayer time with God, and we're walking in communion, and we're consulting with the Lord about absolutely everything, Things move in that atmosphere. People are reached. Maybe there's a prodigal son you're waiting for to come to the Lord. They will come because you have that authority to speak into their world. But when we don't know, we don't move. And we sit in a car looking at a stick shift, not knowing how to pop a clutch. So my challenge to you today is this. With the last 10 minutes, we're going to go around our tables, and we're going to pray with authority. I'm just curious, curious, curious. Who has a prayer language? Like they've been baptized in the Spirit. Who has a prayer language? Okay, I'm looking around. Every table has one guy. That's all it takes, one. Man, I want to challenge you to ask your men around you, do you want to receive this? You have an experience. You have a story. And then just simply lay your hand on them and let God do the rest. We don't have to set up any type of line or do any of that. We can just do it right here at our table because God wants us to have the authority. So let's take 10 minutes. I'll come right back at the end of closed service. But let's take 10 minutes. Uh, get with our guys. Let's pray. Let's, let's intercede for each other. And then I'll come right back on the microphone. If you're still praying, stay praying. I'm just going to close service out. want to be sensitive to the time. It's one minute till 730. Um, so I'll close in prayer and then continue if you like. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for every person in this room, Lord, that they have been activated by your spirit, by your truth, by your power. Lord, that when they speak, things move. Lord, I think that these guys are called to be thermostats not thermometers. They change atmospheres. Father, I speak life in these men when they walk into their world, that people will know there's something different about them and that a door will open for those, these men to speak Jesus into someone's life. Father, I thank you so much for these leaders as they hit their worlds. Continue to equip, protect, anoint their heads every day. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say amen. God bless you guys. Continue to pray. Thanks for allowing me to speak to you guys this morning.